Aloha Maui. Hey, <laughs> this is Josh Porter. <laughs> you caught me. Jason Burkhart. <laughs> and Brian Thomas. Figure we need to create a little more space in here with all this extra staff in our show. Uh, yeah, welcome, folks. This is the Solar Coaster. It's episode 128, perhaps. LG Electronics, LG Chem team up for a soup to nut solar plus offering. This is part of our SPI series. Uh, we have recently done a really great deep dive on Solar Edge, did a great deep dive on Enphase. We got about three or four other of these companies that we're going to get a chance to take a look at. LG Chem and LGE are a massive organization, two separate companies, sister companies that are, uh, you know, LG Electronics is a real uh, superstar in the PV space. And, you know, everyone has kind of known the LG Neon R and some of these high-end high end PV modules, high-wattage modules over the last five or so years that uh, have been kind of a sun power alternative at a much better cost. And then, of course, LG Chem is arguably the most deployed residential solar storage product in the market uh, to date. Uh, you know, that's somewhere in there with Tesla and Powerwalls. I don't know actually which one has more out there. But uh, the, these two groups, LG Chem and LG Electronics, uh, are teaming up to do a one full solar offering, which is pretty awesome, Jay. Absolutely. And I mean, LG is a brand that everybody knows. You either have the phone or the TV or the fridge or something, right? Um, and a lot of those are LG Electronics products. But um, being able to fold everything under one umbrella having one phone call one, one number to call when there's so if, if something goes wrong when something goes wrong um it is immensely valuable to people because there's no finger pointing sure and if that lg uh, inverter and battery combo can say hey lg dishwasher run now because we have extra energy or lg uh, heat pump <laughs> you know uh go ahead and uh, pre-cool our coming. home it you know coming. that's they're speaking the same language they're uh, they're you know, certainly got the same parents right so well, um, i'm certainly hopeful if you want to really go down that road i'm certainly hopeful that there will be some <laughs> some standards that that let these devices interoperate because you don't always need to be tied to one vendor if you like the offering from somebody else you're hopeful but, okay. about that <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, I, I would like for that to be the case. Uh, so this would be a great, uh, great opportunity to hear from LG. I, this, you know, these guys really, uh, and, and the fellow's name is actually escaping me right now, Jay. If it pops into your head, let us know. But the fellow we interviewed at SPI uh, out in Salt Lake a few weeks ago did a great job of diving deep into the uh, PV panel side, and we were able to walk through the Solar Plus storage side as well. So let's jump into our housekeeping and get right Nick to Carter. it. Carter. Nick Carter. There we go. There you go, Nick. All right. Uh, hey, folks, this is The Solar Coaster. We are a renewable energy theme talk show right here in lovely Maui County. It can be found Fridays at 105 p.m. on Oil 1110 AM. Also, some FM stations, 96.7 FM Central Maui, 96.5 FM Westside, 98.7 FM Upcountry. Website www.solar-coaster.com hosts all our old shows, and we keep putting them up there. So you can get pretty much everything all the way back to uh, the beginning of time when we were just really starting to, to figure stuff out. Um, but you can also listen live if you're out of our broadcast area. Uh, occasionally we stream. Um, we're actually having some cabling issues, so the streaming is down right now. But we will definitely be putting up the shows uh, as we go forward. Um, but most importantly, there is on pretty much every page there a, a little section for you to uh, sign up for the, either the mailing list or submit a question. If you have a question, this is a call-in show, by the way. Uh, 242-7800 is the, is the line. But if you you don't want to call or you can't um, call during our regular broadcast hours, uh, fill out the question form on the website and we'll definitely get your, your questions answered on air. There you we go. also carry... Um, we're also carried on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn, and a bunch of other podcasts, actually. Someone started sending me an iHeartRadio, finally. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're out there on a whole lot of podcast platforms. Uh, just type in Solar Coaster, uh, look for a little orange and blue uh, waveform logo, and take us everywhere you go. There you go. Some great sponsors uh, that have uh, supported Solar Coaster for many, many moons. Sundrum Solar, Pantech Design, and LG Chem. We're going to have a local uh, sponsor section shortly. Uh, more to come on that in the upcoming weeks. So, uh, hey, let's jump over to Pantech Design Minute and hear from them. Pantech Design Minute, security. The security of your family and your home is always the most important thing on your mind, especially when an emergency strikes. With most standard security systems, when the power's out, you're vulnerable. But with a home battery and Pantech's adapt system keeping watch, you can rest easy knowing you're safe. Imagine, a typhoon hits and the power goes out. Adapt leaps into action, doing all the normal things it does. Turning off unnecessary appliances, turning on but dimming lighting for safety and visibility, but now also locking doors, turning on motion sensors, and reporting to you when 
security events take place. What good is a security system if it doesn't function when you need it most? In this new era of home energy automation, Pantech Design's ADAPT system helps you protect the most important things in your life, your home and family. Pantech's ADAPT system is compatible with a wide range of security equipment. For more information, visit PantechDesign.com. Alrighty, there's Pantech Design, folks. Uh, you know, uh, I am right now literally kind of weighing the uh, possibility of doing some Crestron uh, systems that integrate via Adapt Energy to the Sony Ecolinks battery. So that's in my head at the moment. I'm kind of looking at the blinds and going, well, I'd really like to have an automatic blind there. That'd be really neat. I could probably afford one out of like the 50 windows <laughs> in the house, but, but I think I might get that one. There you go. <laughs> you know, so, there are there are cheaper alternatives out there. I mean, let's, let's be clear. Sure. Uh, it's just a matter of getting Adapt to, to talk to them. But that that is their, that, I mean, they named it Adapt for a reason that they can generally integrate most of the, um, the smart home hardware out there. So if you find something that's that's in your in your budget, chances are it'll it'll connect, or you can talk to Troy because no we kidding. know him. No <laughs> kidding. Yeah, or you can say, hey, Troy, make it connect, please. <laughs> so that sounds really good. That sounds really good. And uh, there's a lot I could say about that. But let's jump over to news and events. Yep. All right, Verkart, what do you think about, about global? Yeah, I can see the poor internet connection line. Oh, okay. Happening um, so right now. There you go. There he is. There he is. Tesla has been causing some more problems, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so solar panels have become a nightmare for homeowners, um, including one Colorado woman whose roof uh, burst into flame. This <laughs> is on top of the Walmart stuff that happened? really, really graphic. This is on top of the Walmart thing. Well, the Walmart, Walmart things were, were um, an operating and maintenance kind of issue, right? They never, they never cleaned up the wiring. They never did um, did their due diligence, and they certainly didn't come by and check on things. Um, so Walmart took them to court over that, and that's still going on. Um, and and so it's it's allegedly, um, we're not we're not quite sure um, what the actual circumstances are. But this was pretty clear that um, these three panels on this lady's roof, um, there a third of them have just burned through and it's actually it's really graphic photo if you go to the business insider um, Tesla solar panels have become a nightmare is the title of the article um, it's a really graphic photo and shows what can happen there's a reason why we have um, panel level shutdown requirements or we're starting to have panel level shutdown requirements uh, and it, it is for stuff like this now the um, the current investigation is alleging that the the con connectors um, were not um, attached properly for these panels hmm. and allowed them to um, over generate over 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 produce and overheat and it caused you know the um, <laughs> you know what I see Jay just right there is that uh, these mm. not that this is the reason but what I find interesting when you said overheat I see that these have mm -hmm. those borders um, on the frames it looks like there it would be inhibiting uh, airflow underneath the solar panels. Oh yeah, look at that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And 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 I've never liked those. I've always thought they made the solar panels look chunky and funky and HOAs for some reason actually out in Wailea had required those often. I was like, Jesus, this is so silly. Uh, and uh, I don't know that it has anything to do with the technology and the issue why this went 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 up. But I mean, that is a pretty graphic photo and that does inhibit airflow and it does potentially create additional heat. But there's you know they, they yeah, said so some, you go ahead. No, sorry. Um, well, Brian, what did you want to say? You well, want to jump in? You know, um, as you read the story, what was interesting is that Tesla contacted her a day before, mm -hmm. indicating that there were some uh, voltage variances. No kidding. But at the same time, mm. whereas Tesla seemed that, and that's actually, in, from a solar industry perspective, that's actually pretty amazing for them to be on point and see that and then respond. So that's like a really positive thing. At the same time, they said here that uh, they, Tesla solar panels have also found. Uh, uh, Tesla Solar, they also, I'm sorry, Greer, which is the, cl the client, the homeowner, has said that dealing yep. with Tesla was frustrating and they've been forced to pay regular fees as their system has been shut off. Now, what that means is this is probably a PPA or I doubt it's one of those more recently rented systems, the, the way they call it. But uh, in any case, there's probably a monthly fee for the system, right? And uh, yep. so the, it's not producing energy, not mitigating their electric bill, yet she's having to pay that bill. Uh, that's That's no good. <laughs> I mean... 
that's like what a yeah, bummer. All, all all of this all of this is not good um the interesting thing is that there's there's, there's been some some uh investigation into something called project titan uh inside tesla where they are were, were aware of these issues uh specifically the amphenol connectors um and and were told to as as quickly and as quietly as possible replace them uh as a as a mitigation effort oh okay <laughs> So, so that's 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 really kind of an interesting thing. Now, if they were aware of this and they saw voltage variances, um, but didn't, I mean, if if she was shut down, then that's acceptable. But it doesn't look like she was shut down because these these panels were still in operation, which is what caused the thermal failure in the first place. I think they mean that shut down now since the fire, and so well, they're know, shut down now. Yeah, because and then she's not getting power, and she's not, you know, so that's why she shouldn't be paying, right? So it's interesting here. I mean, it's very rare. In fact, I've never seen a solar panel catch fire. So uh, it's a very rare yeah. thing. And it looks like this is probably that Project Titan looks to me like they identified that a mistake was made in a lot of systems and they were trying to get ahead of it. Right. And uh, maybe that yep. mistake was identified when Walmart roofs went up, you know. Well, and it, it happens at the connection, sure. right? Not, not. I mean, the panel's not going to catch fire. Right. The connections is where it's not the panel itself. It's not even the um, the optimizers underneath. It's specifically with these connectors that they were using um, ah. to, to chain one panel to the next. Ah, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, MC fours maybe. Or at least right. that that's that's what is that is that's what is alleged. Yeah. Uh, well, very interesting. Very unusual events. Uh, okay. Which is next, Jay? Which one would you like Absolutely. to touch base on? Uh, this is this is a clickbaity title you sent me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> so another one. Back to back clickbait titles. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because math is hard. <laughs> South Carolina City. We, we well, lost you for a sec, DJ. What? South Carolina City kills residential solar because math is hard. Right. That's the title of it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, so the city of Georgetown in South Carolina has instituted a $50 monthly accounting charge on top of residential customers uh, because the city's accounting software can't actually comprehend the concept of energy. No, the software doesn't comprehend anything, but I basically, I think it, says it doesn't take negative numbers is what I'm reading here. Um, so it's, it, it, God, it reminds me of like the Y2K thing. <laughs> we all ran around with our arms in the air screaming. Oh, right. Something that the different world is happening. Oh, no. Because of Y2K. <laughs> we, we, we know. All, years, all years start with 19, right? It's never, it's never going to be 20. Um, so so these, these folks in Georgetown haven't upgraded their, um, their accounting software in the last 30 years. And um, they, they just doesn't know about the current state of affairs in the world. And, and yeah, the the fee is there because they'd otherwise have to calculate it by hand. So that's just a matter. The solar industry needs to get with the software people and figure out how to incorporate that. Yeah, well, that fee. That fee. I mean, it it makes sense to me. Okay, so the, the, if you are per causing the government to have to spend money and it is specific to you, I mean, it shouldn't be paid for with blanket taxes because you're causing the issue, not everybody and you shouldn't penalize everybody because you're causing a problem but it's not a problem the problem actually is that they haven't upgraded their software and they probably are vulnerable to all sorts of security problems and everything else because they haven't done their updates <laughs> yeah. yeah kind of a little silly of an article yeah. it, it is click clickbaity but i did I, you know i noticed there was a software component and that's kind of jay's territory so i figured it was good to have, give yeah. him an opportunity to take a take a, a bite out of that one um and yeah then, and it, it wants to portray the solar industry as a victim and these guys are trying to shut off solar and and to capture eyeballs like last week's article you know mm. we talked about the lady mm. uh how she was a consultant to Karl Rove, and which immediately assigns it to a political party. Yeah. Right? But it was like, it's one lady who didn't want it across the street from her house, right? <laughs> maybe, like, maybe, maybe I'm a little sympathetic to solar uh, companies here. I don't know. Maybe I'm biased. I, uh, <laughs> I do think that... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sympathetic to anybody who can't, who can't press the update button. But I mean, it's, it, honest, honestly, it's, it, they're, they're probably not up to snuff in a lot of areas software wise this is just one one outstanding aspect um I, I do think that the fee shouldn't be used for um paying an accountant to sit there and manually do your your electricity bill but to upgrade the software i mean that that would sure. be my my 
sure, ask. Sure. So yeah. take, and, and, to take, take these fees and, and use them to actually upgrade your system, and then you won't have problems. The, the issue is that if you, add, if you levy a $50 fee, that turns out to be, what, $600 a month, uh, a year? A year, yeah. Um, on top of it, that basically kills your ROI yeah, in, in some of these areas. I don't think the utility areas. is so it's, innocent here, you know. And, and here's the thing: when we t it, it, this whole article kind of smacks of the notion that solar is only good for the individual. And net metered grid tied solar has there's a handful of studies out there that have shown various benefits to the actual utility. So you know there's there's advantages that they're receiving. I mean, for all the energy that that house yeah. is producing, they're not having to transmit it. It's oh, going yeah. it's going right up to a neighbor that needs it at that moment. Yeah. Um, they're not having to pay, uh, you know, a substantial fee for that. They're simply, it's an offset cost. So, I mean, really, there's some great advantages here. And uh, the utility, you know, we've, I don't know, maybe I'm a little bit jaded. Well, and, and <laughs> regard, regardless, regardless, this is the way the world is going. Distributed generation is the way we are going to be doing things. So they basically just need to get with the times. Sure. <laughs> right. And, and this is the city that's installing it, right. not the utility. Oh, right. So, okay. so the, I'm sorry, the city's charging it, not the utility. The city's charging it. Okay. But okay. I mean, like, if we call them, if this article serves to call them out and say, look, this is silly and let's figure this out, the solar industry needs to get together with them and overcome that hurdle. Yeah. And then, you know, organizations like SIA do a good job of coordinating, you know, industry you know, interests. So that's not replicated across other environments around the state, the states. But uh, yeah, yeah, I hear you guys. Hey, um, shall we move over to Jay? You, let's talk about we're already into politics a little bit. We're kind of moving in that direction. You want to go over to uh, the bifacial tariff thing? Absolutely. So um, if you are not aware, there has been a tariff levied on all um imported solar cells and modules from from pretty much everywhere else in in the world uh coming into the united states and that was done um originally it was just china and then of course chinese manufacturers moved to other all points asia and so the tariff was expanded and at the time bifacials really weren't on the radar so they were exempt because that they, what it was? there was no they just effect. didn't understand that's them what yet? It, that's what it was they were they, they were no there they were it was such a small percentage and there was no no domestic manufacturing for bifacials so there was no reason for the tariff to exist on bifacial panels now however we've seen this massive uptick especially in utility scale where bifacials are being used all over the place so if you can get 5 10 15 30% boost off the backside from a Hundred megawatt giant farm, then uh, why wouldn't you do that? We should probably so, we should probably define what a bifacial is, right? Because <laughs> okay, bifacial, <laughs> so bifacial panels for folks that don't know are the ones that you they basically have a clear uh, underside, and so the light can actually hit them from the top, but then also reflected light from whatever's underneath will come and hit the panel from the bottom and also generate additional electricity. So it's, it's very dependent on um, how it's mounted and, and what's underneath. Like if you have a really bright white um, rock or, or concrete underneath as opposed to asphalt, you'll get much bigger boost um, from reflected light coming and hitting the back. But you, in the same area, you can harvest more electrons is, is basically the deal. <clears throat> yes. So it was very so, exciting tech that was that came out over yeah. the last few years. Again, it's been around for years, but became very relevant over the last few years and was able to take, right. um, you know, the, the standard panels that let's say that at about 300 watts. And with that transparent back sheet or that, you know, encased laminate, they were able to potentially you know, get a, bu a bump of 10, 20, 30 percent. And we've had a couple of guys in here talking about the real world uh, implications of that. And if you're in the, the Sahara yep. Desert and you got a dual axis tracker and you are you have a bifacial, you might get a 50 percent bump. Right. So, uh, you know, yeah, but, and, but <laughs> and those trackers are neat because they're actually factoring that in. They're not pointing directly at the sun because right. that's the worst thing. You want, want some reflection. <laughs> Is, oh, right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. So um, Actually, in any case, oh. it looks like now we've got four minutes left here. It looks like now those tariffs are going to hit the bifacials as well. And, you know, that's concerning because if you are, why is that concerning? Okay. Because if you are a utility scale operator and you're considering putting these in and you have your costing together and you're bidding or you've already bid and you don't have all of your product. And when I talk about product, I'm talking about megawatts, hundreds of megawatts sometimes in these types of systems. That's a, a huge uh, procurement cost. And now all of a sudden you've got a 
25% delta, uh, 25% increase in costs uh, yeah. for your, your material going yeah. from, let's say, you know, uh, seven, I don't know what bifacials go on the utility scale market, 60 cents a watt. Uh, now all of a sudden you're 72 cents or 75 cents or whatever. That's a big deal. And that could throw your math right out the window. Well, and if you didn't write that yeah. contingency in the contract, are you going to be held to that price or, you know? Well, yeah, it depends on where you're at, probably <laughs> in the arc of that uh, that overall bid, right? But yeah. I mean, that's serious stuff. And that could allow, that could make projects, people might abandon projects because of that. Yeah. And we don't need that right now. Exactly. We don't need this kind of complexity. And that's why I say bad <laughs> to this. Yeah, yeah it's, already, it's, it's already difficult enough. <laughs> Jay, we got a few so minutes left. Pick pick one you like the most. Um, let's let's get to Hawaii then. Uh, first thing is I got word that the, uh, the Puna Geothermal um, plant is actually reopening uh, existing wells and drilling a new well. This is actually a, um, a, new, a um, new well that they had planned to do before they got overrun uh, last year by lava. That's <laughs> um, it's going to really help Big Island as, as far as their, their uh, renewable portfolios going forward. And they expect to have it done by May, which is actually going to be really, really, really good. So I'm glad to see that they were not significantly affected. The geothermal plant there was a, was a major part of the, uh, the, the Big Island's portfolio. And, uh, and we need more of that. So I'm glad they're, they're sticking with it. It's a big deal. It. It's a big deal. It's a lot of firm power they have there, right? And we got a couple minutes left. I did want to make sure we took a little time to talk about finance. That is a, a regular part of our show. Might be able to grab some on the tail end of the, of the LG Chem interview, too. Uh, but, Brian, you had mentioned something about a really couple, a couple of really cool charts that you found. Yeah, so I'm looking at... Uh you know, TAN has kind of stalled out here a little bit. We talked about the ETF, Exchange Traded Fund, ticker symbol TAN. Not a recommendation, but it is, and, and the show was timely, and, and this is an exciting time in the industry, but it's the number one ETF year to date, right? At least Across it was. all sectors. We were blown away when we discovered that last yeah, show. Yeah, at, at least it was the last show. But it's kind of stalled out, and, and what I want to kind of talk to people about is that Wall Street has its uh, darlings, right? And they it goes in cycles and phases. So, uh, the energy, the energy and renewable energy and solar energy market can still keep growing. The innovations are still going to come. It's an exciting time with a confluence of storage and demand management and, of course, generation, right? But it's like that, those companies are still going to be doing well, right? But Wall Street may move on to something else down the road. So, uh, but back to Next Energy, you know. Next Era. Next Era, rather. These companies have figured out, and for my research, because I'm a layman in this stuff, but it's uh, cool to learn about it. Like, they're installing the storage capabilities and that gives them sort of less dependency upon having the grid management and all that stuff right and so it helps smooth the the generation side of it yeah so it's an exciting time and in, you were in saying that, that and you were saying that next has got a really great chart right yeah i mean if you want to look at a gorgeous chart i mean right. utilities have done well and they're they're in a good space right now and economically yeah, and it's interesting that you picked out Nextera because Nextera was the organization that was attempting to acquire HEI. Interesting. So that was the uh, and and it's one of the. It's got a lot of muscle. It's a very big organization. Yeah, they I, uh, own FBNL, Florida I, Power and Light. I remember that actually. Yep, yeah, yeah. So the one you picked out, and they are known for like really you know doing amazing things with utility scale solar. So um, very good. So we're going to uh, hear from L another juggernaut, another amazing company in the uh, energy space here. It's LG Chem and LGE. Uh, right after our commercial break, we'll come back for that SPI interview. LG is a leader in the home electronics industry and manufactures some of the most popular PV panels as well as many other appliances we've come to know and appreciate over the years. The same LG brand offers the LG Chem Rezu battery line for your home energy storage needs. Here in Hawaii, their primary model is the LG 10H Rezu with 9.3 kilowatt hours of usable capacity. The LG 10H Rezu can be used both to maximize consumption of solar energy at home and also functions as a source of backup power in the event that the grid goes down. LG Chem has increased production of their battery line for Hawaii's renewable energy solar market. Contact your local solar provider to learn more about the LG Chem 10H Resu battery. Sundrum Solar is the manufacturer of a revolutionary thermal collector that fits on the underside of your standard PV panel to maximize energy capture per square foot. The Sundrum Solar Hybrid PVT system, combined photovoltaic and thermal, holds the world record for peak efficiency, capturing an astounding 86% usable energy. Learn how Sundrum Solar vastly improves electric, heating, and cooling economics at sundrumsolar.com. Pantech Design is ushering the world into a new age of home energy automation through the convergence of smart home technologies and renewable energy management. 
unifying solar energy production, intelligent energy storage, and smart breaker technologies with smart home devices, Pantech Design's complete home energy automation suite incorporates unprecedented control of lighting, shades, climate, security, hot water, electric vehicle charging, and many other systems. Contact Pantech today at PantechDesign.com. So we're live at the LG Electronics booth here at Solar Power International 2019 with Mr. Nick Carter to talk about something that has actually been making a lot of noise, quite frankly, on social for us. The Neon R Ace? Yeah. You are saying Ace though, not A-C-E? Okay, so it is the truly well, you can say Ace. AC too, but it, the product name is Ace. Understood. So. Okay, so the Neon R Ace module. This is the new AC module coming from LG Electronics very shortly, correct? So in hopefully in November, we'll see this, the first product actually arrive in the US. Excellent. Uh, November, December are the first containers arriving, that's what they're telling us. It's based on the Neon R module, so the existing DC product, which is a high efficiency module, you can mm -hmm. see behind And what we've done is incorporate our own microinverter into the module. So there's no exposed DC wiring. The only cables coming out of the back, which hopefully we'll show in a minute, are AC cabling. And then for the installer, they love it because it's a simple male-to-female connection down the row. They plug one end with a cap and then transition the wiring on the other end, and that's all there is to the installation. All the benefits, benefits of microinverters. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. exactly as you're saying, the benefits that you get module level control, so less vulnerability to shade, um, you've got flexibility in where you're putting the modules, different roof planes or fitting them in because it's high power. You get a lot of power out of a small space. So even if the roof is constrained, you're getting a good size system deployed for the homeowner. And then aesthetics wise, homeowners like it because it's lovely, consistent. You don't have the bus bars on the front. You have that consistent look on the front. It's pretty slick. It is, it is so, white back sheep, I'm noticing. Is, on is on is this version, the Ace version will launch as a white back sheet, but the Neon R comes in white back sheet or black back sheet. Right. So the black back sheet version we call Neon R Prime. And then that's distinct, all those are distinct from the Neon 2, which is like a more regular, um, still pretty high efficiency, but not to compare with. This is going to launch as a 375 watt oh, module yes. in a 60 cell format with a 320 watt microinverter on the back. Okay. So that's the launch uh, configuration wow. of the product. Yeah. So, um, well, you know, the LG module is kind of known in the industry as the lead, one of the leading um, high wattage modules. Right, right. Uh, when you speak with your clients from the installer's perspective, you know, you, oftentimes your the LG brand is going to come up, right? Mm -hmm. So right now, is three, well, can, you, can you just run us down the wattages of what's basically available? This AC module, uh, that you said it was a 375 with a white back sheet, but it doesn't come with a black back sheet, right? Right, right. But if you want to buy the regular Neon R uh, with a black back sheet, that's an option too. Right. So we're talking power range for Neon R, like 370 to 380, either available now or coming soon. Ace will hit right in the middle of that at 375. And then you're losing typically 5 or 10 watts when you go to the black back sheet. Right. So same with the Neon 2, you know, that's available, actually that's available with a transparent back sheet as well. So it's white back sheet, black back sheet, where like I say, it's, it's kind of 10 watts lower in rating, so you might be at 350 Neon 2, 340 Neon 2 with a black back sheet, but also available as bifacial with a clear back sheet. And okay, then we do so that, that in, more we do those in a 72 cell as well, the Neon 2. So just for commercial projects, largest, uh, you know, uh, carport projects, that kind of thing, we have a 72 cell version of the Neon 2. So it's like two branches, Neon R, back contact, higher efficiency, highest power rating. Neon 2 is more the, typically a bread and butter for a residential installer, but available in three flavors. So uh, white back sheet, black back sheet, and then transparent. And then the 72 cell version of the Neon 2, gotcha. yeah, which is more in the 400, 410 watt range. Interesting, so you've got a backside contact range, you've got a, a more traditional bus bars on, on the right. front range. Well, it's not bus bars, it's the wires on, now we're doing all 12 wire, 10 jello uh, is the, the thin wire technology on the front. So you get less shading from a broad bus bar, and then you're getting some reflection of the light actually off the bus bar that still gets caught in the cell. So it's better to have something in cross section 
direction like this, where you're getting light rather than something flat obscuring the cell, and then anything just heads back out, so there's nothing to gain. Yeah, so you'll see on the Neon 2 modules, you'll see those fine wires on the front. And then the, we also... Yeah, getting everything you can. Yeah, just that's that's where we're at, right? Trying to squeeze every last watt to get us 340, 350, and, and always rising. And then we have the demo there with the um, like the roof canopy, the carport mock-up, mm -hmm. and then they're showing you the module with the different backgrounds. Because then with the bifacial, what matters is that surface, what's underneath, right. and how close you are. Um, also, how close together the modules are, albedo, the rows, but it's your albedo is, yeah, and that can be dramatically different from if it's dirt, grass, or if it's like a white TPO sure. membrane on sure. a roof, you're getting maybe 30% reflection from sure. that. So the, the production from the module rises accordingly, but as a manufacturer, we don't know where the module's going. Right. So we're selling you a 400. If, if it's over a white or if it's over snow, we get a lot of interest from uh, geographies where you're getting snow. Sure. You're getting high reflection from that snow. So that might turn into, you know, perhaps a 410 or a 415 effectively for that customer. Right. But the next one, if they're putting it on a residential, well, not a residential roof, but on, on asphalt or over dirt, sure. you're so not getting that same kind of so benefit. Are, are you watching some of those? I noticed over on this mm -hmm. little area here, you had a couple of example systems that were being monitored, right? So you could see right. the systems performing. Right. Are you getting some visibility on some of these more exotic panels, uh, like for example, the bifacials or? Some yeah, of yeah. Stuff? So we have a bunch of test sites. The ones you were looking at were specifically for the Neon R Ace mm -hmm. uh, module. So those were our test sites prior to launching this product, right? This only just launched on Tuesday, yeah. was it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> so it seems like a a long time already we've only been here two days but um busy is good but yeah we've got uh, test sites running for this but we also have test sites specifically for the bifacial reflectivity mm -hmm. to see what you get in the real world because it's kind of hard you know the financial guys will want hard numbers of no what are you actually going to get what can you guarantee well as a manufacturer we can say yeah it's a 400 under standard test conditions if you put it over this surface with this distance, this spacing, then you should get in this range. But we don't know, you know, they're going to keep the roof clean. We don't yeah, know. Are they going to clean it for 25 years? You know, who knows I mean, how that's going to... Real world but it's the real world. Yeah, you yeah. start to see yeah. what, how it actually pans out, right? Right. And, and then I'm starting to see some of those... modeling this. They don't, we, we really yeah, don't yeah. Know. I think there's a lot of work in progress to nail down what you actually can expect given different circumstances. Right. And I'm starting to see those reports come back at least... We're starting to share those. It's not just internally. So we've done at least one webinar specifically on bifacial. And then um, Kevin Priest uh, gave that webinar. So he was talking about, you know, if you're over this surface or that, uh, if you space them this way or you have them, you know, the farther, there's like a sweet spot, right? If you're really close, you don't get the benefit or the right. full benefit. You move further away, it's increasing. But once you get too far away, then you've lost most of the benefit again. So it's kind of gauging. I think that's where, where what we're that starting to learn where the yeah. speed spot is. Yeah. So it's a learning process. I think a lot of uh, companies and, and installers are going through that right now to figure out. But if the price delta is is small and the gain is there, you know, you're, you're ahead. You don't want to be paying 5% more to get 5% gain, but hopefully, you know, the price delta means that uh, there's a benefit in there. Are your uh, bifacial varietals, are they framed or frameless? They're all framed. They're framed. Yeah, they're all with frame, right. And there's a, there's, I mean, there's a, there's a difference, right? Because like when you try to work with frameless bifacials, there's some really significant added complexity in how you mount these. Yeah, so that's part of this stays consistent with what we've always done and the rest of the product range. And you're not, uh, as I say, it's a transparent back sheet. It's not glass glass. Right. So the weight of the module is similar to what installers so really are used to. Just, you know, it's it a transparent variation of, of the same panel. Of the same thing, so, exactly. Yeah, because we have basically a um, bifacial cell structure. So we've always had that. We right. haven't changed the cell structure. It just means now that we can right. take advantage of that. So they're lighter, um, they're frames. Does that give us more opportunity to consider bifacials on a rooftop? Does that start to 
like a possible use case? I think as long as you mean a commercial rooftop where they're elevated off the right. roof and not not like this kind of situation where they're directly like a over asphalt. Of on a stanchion or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah. The... And then I think depending on the, the surface, the roof membrane, that you can get a real benefit. The other thing, I mentioned snow before. Um, we have a lot of customers, for example, in Canada that are really interested in uh, what happens when you've got snow and bifacial. Well, what so, does happen? I hear so there's get, some interesting uh, consequences you might not think of that are positive. Yeah, so I think this is still subject to you know testing and finding sure. out for real it's and getting... Uh, yeah, so this isn't an algae statement of this right. is what's going to happen, but what I'm hearing in trainings that I give is installers that are excited, not just because solar is great for reflectivity and giving you that nice white surface to get power out of the back of the module, um, but also that it helps the modules be productive earlier because they slough off the snow from the front sooner. Right. Right. So I know I used to have a client in upstate New York, you have that lake effect snow comes down and your production just goes and then if it sits there and doesn't thaw, it's, you know, it's on your rooftop system just right. sat. So the, the installers were saying, yeah, we can, we can lift the modules a bit higher than we might have done, tilt them slightly higher than we would have done and uh, we're getting that benefit of the reflection. The thing starts producing earlier from the back, yeah. warms up, you lose the snow, then you're getting earlier production from the front Ooh. as well. Yeah. So that, that was there. I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm the burning like an idiot on. because I've heard those same stories. And I'm it just, sounds fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and it seemed like everybody I, I ran into had read the same script, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They, they all seemed convinced. Well, it's exciting so to, to I, hear that I, being yeah. kind of verified in, from different people around the world. Yeah, right? I'd say no warranty from LG on, sure. on the, that on happening, but, snow, that's, but that's what I'm, I'm hearing from the field. Yeah. that people are really enthusiastic about that and, and certainly in Canada they were talking about that every everywhere we went. So. Very good, very good. Yeah. So, so a lot of advances, uh, LG continuing to advance mm -hmm. in the PV space. Uh, uh, very exciting to hear about the AC modules and about bifacials and all these kind of new exploration areas. What, but we're also in this show where energy storage is becoming paramount, right? Mm -hmm. So we're seeing that uh, energy storage, everyone has an energy storage offering. And of course, LG, it occurred to me uh, early on when we were talking with some of our friends at LG, this is a known appliance brand. This is something right. that people have in their homes. They're used to buying LG TVs. They're used to buying LG refrigerators. They're right. used to that brand, and, and it's it's an, it's it's a pretty uh, it's a premium brand as well, right? Mm -hmm. So, isn't there a kind of a neat opportunity here for uh, LG to to bring in the full the full those package together? Yeah. Yeah, I think I've seen some of those surveys where LG is the most requested brand in solar, and I think that's yeah. a representation of that fact that people have the phone or the TV or the refrigerator, you know, the, the kitchen appliance and it's a known brand. And then tied into that, we didn't really talk about warranty, but this 25 year across the board warranty. So it's not just the production, it's the product as well. So it's like workmanship. You don't have one warranty that's a lot shorter than the other. So if something breaks in year 14, you don't say, well, too bad, because you're beyond your 12 year manufacturing warranty. Yeah, so it's, it's 25 years for production. And um, typically, like for the two, it's it's 90.08 or 90.8% of rating at year 20. I think we have that. Yeah, it's here on the on the ACE module. So you're you're around 90% guaranteed at year 25. That's production, but also you have product warranty. So if any manufacturing issue shows up, you're also covered for 25 years. And for the labor, I mean, there's a. There's a bit of small print on the labor, um, but they do cover over those 25 years for labor as well. So, uh, you know, it shouldn't happen, but if there is a module swap, there is some coverage for that in the warranty too. So that's a pretty strong, you know, that in conjunction with the brand strength you mentioned is a pretty attractive package. A lot of installers are saying we're selling on the back of that. So now we move over to the storage section, the LG booth. This is, of course, the Resu 10H. Relatively familiar with at this point. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, we've seen a lot of these installed, certainly a lot of LG battery coming out in Hawaii. Uh, fantastic product. Tell us a little bit about it from your point of view. So from our perspective, we have two kits, an AC coupled kit and a DC coupled kit. And the only other SKU is a second battery. So the secondary battery has its own SKU. Each kit comes with the primary battery. And then with, the, with both kits, you'll get the inverter or PCS, as we call it, this guy. 
So it'll either be DC coupled or AC coupled inverter. Here we have the five kilowatt AC coupled. If it's DC coupled, it's 7.6 kilowatts. Um, you'll also get the automatic transfer switch, which is next to you right now. You'll get uh, meter and CTs included. And then uh, if you're buying the DC coupled kit, the only extra piece is rapid shutdown units. So depending on if people are on NEC 2014, you get three rapid shutdown units, so they're string level. Okay, they're not module level, they're string level. And that's all packaged together. All the things I just described, the one skew, that's what shows up on the pallet or pallets. And then, like I said, if you want to add a second battery, separate SKU, order one of these. If you want to go beyond NEC 2014 to 2017 and have your module level rapid shutdown, then we just completed testing with Tygo uh, optimizers. So not just the rapid shutdown version of Tygo, but the optimizer one. So that means you get your rapid shutdown, you also get optimization, and you get module level monitoring in that. So it depends on the market. Some people are good to go with what we ship them. Others will be adding that extra set of equipment. Um, so that's the, the overall breakdown. And it's basically uh, 9.8 kilowatt hours nominal in each Resu 10H, 9.3 usable. So you're going up to a maximum of 18.6 kilowatt hours of usable energy in your system. So that's the kind of overview of, of what we're selling. That's available now. It's in the warehouse. That's, that's been shipping since earlier this year. So it's not a coming soon. It's actually, it's actually here now. And then the, um, so the DC coupled, you can put up to three strings and up to the two batteries into the one inverter. So the box looks very much like this, but it's the DC coupled one. Three sets of P up to three sets of PV coming in here, and up to two of these into the same. They're playing at roughly the same voltage, right? So they're all coming in and getting combined in the one box. So you don't have separate inversion for storage versus solar. It's all being done by the one box. On the AC side, you know, you, this is basically the battery inverter. It's not you're not putting PV into this guy. Right? You're assuming PV is probably already installed. It's it's there. Um, yeah, these lines you have actually are a kind of showing the power flow, right, right. So with the AC coupled, the thing to pay attention to is that typically you have your PV coming into a back thread breaker or two breakers in that main panel, right, that's existing. Then you come along and tie this in. But what happens when the grid goes down, right? They anti-island, you lose your PV. You've got no way to charge this. So what... In a retrofit AC In a retrofit AC coupled setup, yeah. So what we're seeing installers start to do is uh, often their microinverters, so they'll take some of them out of that main panel and they'll put some in the backup loads panel. That way when we, when the grid goes down, we grid form with this guy. Now the micros will be looking and say, oh, looks like the grid's back. Now five minute delay, they'll fire up and they can feed into the system that's working with no grid and an open transfer switch, right? That's everything's gone above the transfer switch, but this is forming the grid. It's dealing with charging, discharging of this, and it can accommodate a certain amount of, there are limitations on the PV you can put in the backup loads panel, but it means now you've got a way to put energy, you've got a generation source um, to uh, recharge this, this guy. Otherwise, you know, we have certain customers that are okay if they only have short outages. They're fine, you lose the PV for five minutes, <coughs> you ride out with this guy, you're back up and running a bit later that day, and off you go. Others are looking to back up, and they don't know if this, you know, the storm's take, taken them out, they could be out for four days. Sure. So then you need a way to, to be bringing PV into, into this guy. So yeah. just a, a quick question here. Is it, that, is it inverter agnostic and AC coupling? Like, can you work with any inverter, or are there certain inverters it works better with? Or? So that's that's the it depends answer on that one. <laughs> so if if it's a Rule 21 compliant, and that's how we refer to it in California, yeah. if it has like the ability control to control the power level with the frequency, it then depends on the inverter or the microinverter and how yeah. it's configured. Yeah. We we can in some cases throttle them. So if it's earlier hardware and it's not Rule 21, we can control it, but it's basically like an on-off switch. So we just push the frequency like <coughs> out of spec, and the thing says, oh, something's wrong with the grid, the grid that's coming from here, and just shuts down. So if we have a full battery, low loads, and plenty of PV, you know, there's, there's nowhere for the PV to go, right? So we have to do something with the PV. In that case, we can curtail it 
and then maybe switch to power the loads with this. And then a bit later on when the, the balance changes, you know, the loads, people come home from work, the loads increase, the, the balance changes, you can bring the PV back and feed that in. But it's really a case-by-case -case basis of what hardware people are using, which manufacturer, how it's configured, sure. size of the system, the age of the hardware. Right. So, um, and then if it's really that much older hardware, maybe it's time for a change. Sure. I don't want people swapping out hardware unnecessarily, but maybe that's a conversation. We're already starting to see some of that, right? Oh, yeah. With like upgrade programs for micros, and mm -hmm. it's like, okay, customer, do you want to <coughs> move to the latest and greatest? Then we have this option path for you. So that may be, for the really older hardware, that may be a, an option. But if it's newer, and Rule 21, there's more of a chance we can do fine control. How, how about backup power in terms of just, what, what is the maximum kilowatts backup power from this system uh, when it's operating? So this is limited to five kilowatts when you're off-grid, and it doesn't change when you put the second one in place. Right. You don't suddenly get 10 kilowatts, it's still limited to 5 kilowatts, you just doubled your runtime. Yeah, and you pointed over here to a protected loads panel. Is yeah, so down the bottom here, yeah. we have our protected loads panel. So is that something that's provided by uh, the LG, or is that something that's provided by the... No, that's just, that's, that's probably the one key piece that we don't provide, standard. but it's a typical small um, right. sub-panel. And we're now starting to see people do more intelligent <coughs> Uh, main panels yep. where they're controllable or we're seeing controllable breakers so that way if you do this the homeowner has to decide there and then I'm going to have the fridge backed up I'm sure. going to have this lighting circuit I need XYZ it's going to go in there and the installer leaves and that's it but now we're starting to see where it can be configured you swap out the main yep. panel and then the homeowner can decide so with this outage I need to keep the fridge and the, the freezer and these circuits going but the next time there's an outage maybe now it's in summer I want to really run that room air conditioner you know I need that 1500 watt little portable unit that's my ultimate that's my real priority right so this time around forget these other things that one moves to my must-have list or my nice to have above the other loads so so there's kind of this way of hardwired you decide I mean you know, conceivably you could change it later on but it's it's work as opposed to remote configurable at any time under yep. the homeowner's control. There seems to be a lot, so, a lot of technologies pushing in that direction. In that yeah. direction. More and more control, more and more involvement for the homeowner. I think yeah. we've done a pretty good job of covering the whole offering. Just to, just to, to before we end, I wanted to just confirm. So the, uh, in terms of warranties, uh, this, so this is all 10 years. This is all 10 years. 10 years what pieces are, are, are warrantied, and are they warrantied by LGE or LG Chem? I know you stated it in the beginning. I just want to confirm that. No, so if it's bought from us as one of these kits or a secondary battery to go with our kit, it's all LG Electronics. Got it. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So it's bought by us. So even, all even the battery skews from you. Yeah, that's why I was saying at the beginning we right. don't Got want it. crossover. So although it's supplied, it's supplied to us from LG Chem. So yeah. 10 years, LG Electronics, right. as long as it's bought Everything, under Everything, like inverter, battery, transfer switch, meter, all the, the pieces thing. of that kit, 10 years. So it's nice and straightforward. And then on the PV side, the PV. All 25 the, the, years, the, like the we talked about and before. The, um, how about those boxes, the uh, inner box too? Yeah, I think that's that's maybe two years for that. It's an important so, piece yeah, of the puzzle. that's there. Okay, great, for sure. <laughs> so that's pretty but comprehensive. We need, we need to give HQ feedback. Though. That needs to be, yeah, but not, not 25 it's years, but maybe. Package. Yeah, maybe we can get it more than two years. But sure. yeah. yeah, my recommendation is wrap it all in. So. As long as, as, long as possible, right? That's, can, it's been really great to speak yeah. with you, uh, Nick. Likewise. Uh, and I uh, really uh, think we have a much better understanding now of the, the comprehensive offering by LG. Very excited about uh, innovations on the PV side, and then this, uh, this new outreach towards uh, storage as well. And uh, so I think we'll see a lot of uh, customers saying, hey, I know the LG brand, and, and, and I think that's the direction I want to go. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Uh, yeah, well, we're getting really positive feedback about the ACE module. I expected it to be well-received, but we're really getting great response to that. And uh, I should also mention, before we close, the commercial storage um, side of things. Yeah. So next year, we're looking to bring in larger, like 250 kilowatt and above yep. units. They already have them deployed across Korea. Yep. It's typically a 250 kilowatt building block. Um, often they bundle four of them together, so it's a megawatt okay. size cube and up to four hours. So it could be megawatt, four megawatt hours. You can do less, but yep. that's the typical maximum. And then you can, you can scale with those building blocks. 
So that's coming to the US, they're saying next year, um, but widely deployed across Korea already. We have, we have a test site in the US, but in terms of listing and availability, uh, maybe um, August or, or late in, in 2020, we're hearing on that, that front. So that's, that's all LG produced, like LG Cam making the cells, LG making the inverter, again, all in-house. Um, so something to look forward to for next year. Who knows, maybe at SBI. No promises, but maybe next year. A lot of CNI activity out there. I can see that Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of interest in that. Shout out for Lynn Tran from LG Cam, oh, a friend yeah. of ours. Um, when she said LG was ramping up battery manufacturing, she wasn't kidding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, they've told us no issues with supply this yeah, year. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what she's saying. So this has been Nick Carter from LG Electronics. Really do appreciate it. No, thank you for your time, thank you, guys. Right, I appreciate your questions. Yeah, thank you so okay. much. So there you have LGE, LG Electronics, uh, also LG Chem on offer there at SPI. One warranty uh, covering everything when you buy it, uh, you know, as a package. Uh, we just learned something interesting about LG from Brian. Ticker symbol, what does LG stand for? And Jason knew this. I didn't know. You said Lucky Gold Star, yeah. right? So yeah. that was actually from the original name of the company. One was Lucky and one was Gold Star. They emerged with Lucky Gold Star. Uh, so, yep. uh, you know, and, and but in terms of this technology, LG is, uh, you know, it's it's a company that uh, we are well acquainted with. There's trust in the brand and it's one of the most deployed uh, storage products out there. It's one of the most revered PV panels out there. You put that together and I say and, and I ask you, Jay and Brian, but I say that is a formidable offering. What do you say? I mean, they've got the backing and they've got the technology. And so uh, it. To be with someone that's not going to go out of business uh, is valuable because it's because it's a long in and of itself, right yeah, there. Right, right, right. And so, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you guys can speak more to the technology, but um, yeah. Well, I mean, you got Jay. I mean, like, so if you got a company that like there was a time there there were times over the years where if you could get an LG high performing panel, uh, it was at a great cost. It was at as good aesthetic as well. You would get that. That was something that was a premium. You'd sell that as a premium, right? And then mm -hmm. now you know that LG Chem has got more deployed LG Chem. 10H resus out there than pretty much any other battery system. You know, argue, who knows with Tesla? We could f get those numbers and find out if Powerwall has surged recently. I don't know, but they're in the same territory. Basically, been LG uh, Cam or it's been Tesla, and so you know that you've got that panel. You know you've got the, um, the 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 practiced and kind of you know tried and true storage chemistry that, that that's out there that's doing the job right now. I mean, to me, that's a that's a really compelling thing. I think that that um, <clears throat> that inverter and don't quote me on this, but I, I've been told that it's a it's a white labeled inverter, which is interesting because I would think that LGE would be probably in the work you know, working on their own brains of the system, which could be really interesting to see, too. Um, then you add to that in, in Europe right now, they're looking they're showing they're showcasing the LG inverter battery and panel alongside of an LG heat pump. When I say heat pump, I mean air conditioner that can that can also heat the room. So <clears throat> that is right. something really special because we know the power of uh, thermal, right? We, we're constantly talking about thermal yep. with Sundrum. So it's not a small thing, right? And then you have a lot of capabilities there all under one brand. I mean, who else can do that? Yeah, I mean, the, the heat pump no, there is... Really, there, yeah, there really aren't that many players that, that can that can bring all that to the table. Um, and, and what Brian said is absolutely key when you're talking about a 25 year warranty um i mean will tesla be around in 25 years we don't know <laughs> lg be around yeah. in 25 years more than likely i mean uh, it's, it's it's a it's a different conversation yeah and it's funny that you mentioned tesla jay because it's like whatever the product and and you know the lifetime of solar panels is 20 30 years or so but there's people that have like lifetime warranty but if the business isn't around oh, sure. what good is that lifetime warranty Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. So there we have it, folks. Number three of our, or number four of our SBI series, uh, show 128 here with LG Chem and LGE Soup to Nuts Solar Plus offering a very good consideration out there if you're looking to get your Solar Plus system. Hey, this is the Solar Coaster. Uh, we are sponsored by Sundrum Solar Pantech Design and LG Chem. Been a great show. Have a wonderful weekend and Aloha Friday. Get some sun.